Thank you for tuning in to Trademark Talks, Trademark Visuals podcast dedicated to their team members and the incredible impact they have on their clients' built environment. My name is Ken. I'm here with Michael Jason. Michael is the Director of Design for Trademark Visual. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great, Ken. How are you doing? Excellent. So thank you for getting in. Thank you for doing the podcast today. We're excited to have you. So share with oh, us. No problem. Thanks. So share with us a little bit about uh, what you do at Trademark Visual and uh, a little bit about your background. Um, okay. So, well, like you said, I'm the design director and I would say, you know, first and foremost, um, I kind of just oversee all of the design work that we do and, um, you know, whether it's helping designers on individual projects, uh, overseeing the, the workflow, um, the timing, you know, of how the flow happens, um, because we get, you know, I get multiple designs every day. We get, I would say on average, 20 to 30 design submittals every day. And so I guess what I do is go through all of those submittals to make a determination, you know, who's, who's going to work on those, um, and you know, how it fits into the schedule, um, and those sorts of things. Excellent. How long have you been with Trademark now? I've been here, uh, seven and a half years and, um, I, I, I love working here. You've seen it grow exponentially and I want to sort of jump ahead. Tell us about the facility you're sitting in. Tell us some of the role that you played in designing it with Dave and some other people. Just tell us about the space you're in right now, and then we'll come back to what you do at Trademark. Okay, well, uh, I think we've been in this building now for two and a half years. I think we're, we're into our third year for sure. And it's 65,000 square feet. Um, I think there's... Um, about 10, 10 to 12,000 square foot of office space and then basically 40,000 square feet for the manufacturing and construction part. And then we also have the, the graphics uh, shop, which we do all our digital printing and vinyl cutting and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, you know, 10, 12,000 square feet. So you know, totaling about 65,000 square feet. And um, it was a brand new building. Um, and Dave and myself and Michael Rubin um, sort of, I guess, directed <laughs> the design on this um, and how we wanted it to look and the colors and the finishes. And, uh, you know, Brian Hinkle helped out too. Uh, he made, you know, a lot of drawings and, um, you know, we picked out the, the furniture, um, kind of the kind of place. It was fun because the building was just an open shell. It was wide open. There was no wall. So we basically were able to sort of, lay out the entire interior of the building. So, um, and it was, <clears throat> it was a lot of fun for us. So. So when it's interesting, tell the, tell us like, where did you guys come from three years ago? What was the space or spaces? What was it like? Um, the challenge, it was a guys, cool why did you have to, why did you have to go bigger? Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, when I first started at Trademark, it was, I would say we were, you know, and this is just sort of a educated guess. It was, you know, probably 40 to 45 people, I think, and the building was quite small for the kind of jobs that we were starting to get. And um, I think that building in totality was 15,000 square feet. And we had, you know, a very small yard in the back to like store the trucks and, and the equipment, you know, for install. And then there was also a second there was a second building that was actually a rented space that was down the street, um, which was where the graphic shop was. And I think that graphic shop was somewhere about five or 6,000 square feet. And it was just packed, you know, to the, to max capacity. So, um, and the growth that we had seen, you know, there really wasn't room to, 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 you know, keep, to stay in that building. And, um, and it was great because this building is just down the road, like a mile from our old building. So, um, in order to accommodate and continue to like take more work on, you know, we needed to expand. And so, you know, um, also, you know, like one thing interesting about the old building is the shop, uh, you know, some of the stuff that the guys were able to make in the tiny shop that they had was was pretty amazing. Um, you know, like the ceilings, I think, in the old shop were only like 12, 15 feet tall. And, you know, in this in this new building, you know, we have, I think, the ceiling to the bottom of the structure from the floor is like 35 feet or something like that. So, um wow. You know, That's amazing. It, it was just crazy. It is, yeah, it was just crazy. Like, I think back and, and, you know, like, how did these guys make some of these huge signs in that small little building? So, um, so anyway, it's just, I think it was a natural sort of move to, to keep David's vision and, you know, keep growing the company and, um, you know, just keep going bigger. So absolutely. And the one thing I'll say about the space is that as big as a commercial entity it is, and it's a fabrication space and design space, it's extremely inviting. It's like the very best of like the most well-designed living rooms or, or guest house. It, it feels very accommodating for anybody, whether it's a team member, a vendor, a partner, a supplier, uh, somebody from the city, whatever the case may be. So Okay, now yeah. let's take it back. Let's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I agree with you. And it's interesting when people come here for the first time, you know, yeah. to the to the new building and their sort of reaction, you know, as they come yeah. in. And, and also, we occasionally will get random, you know, salespeople dropping in here or whatever. And some of them don't even know what we do. And they walk in and see how nice this office space is. And they ask, what do you guys do here? You know, so it's interesting to to sort of see that reaction. So absolutely. All right. So let's take it back where thank you for going total, totally deep on the details of the facility. It definitely paints the picture. 
the take us back to about you, your background, your love of design, and what brought you to Trademark Visual. Give us a few minutes on that. Um, so background um, in design is um, my architecture was what I went to school for, and I actually moved out here from um, upstate New York and sort of just wasn't going to go to college right away. And then once I got here, I found out about, um, I had already known about Taliesin and West and, and Frank Lloyd Wright. And, but I didn't know at the time when I first moved to Arizona that they actually had an architecture school and I had been planning on just going to ASU and ending, entering their program. And once I, once I found out that uh, Talies and Wes and the, you know the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation had a school there, because I, I went and took a tour, and I was like, I got to go here. So that was my focus was to to go there, and and so that's sort of how I got there, and um i you know always loved architecture design art like when i was in high school i took all kinds of art classes and that's kind of where my head was and um i don't know if you remember but i remember the first time i ever saw ferris bueller's day off like the cameron's house you know the glass yes. and steel house with the ferrari like when I saw that house, like, I just, I'm like, man, I got to do that. You know, like, I remember just I like, know, that so... was your Genesis moment in architecture. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just like, God, that is just like the coolest thing I, you know, and I don't know if it was the mystique of the Ferrari too and the, <laughs> and the whole thing, but, but I just thought that was amazing. And, and that really, like, I remember, that's like the first thing that really like put me onto architecture and like paying attention to, to, to what it was. So, um, okay. and, um, and then like my sort of getting to trademark, um, I met David, um, and it was really like just doing some, consulting work with him and um you know I, we met sort of through uh, a mutual friend or connection and um and after i had known him not very long it was only like a couple of months i think i don't even know if it was that long he sort of he called me up sort of out of the blue and and we were just chatting on the phone and flat out asked me like um you know would I consider coming to work for trademark and and I was sort of I was shocked a little bit and then I asked him you know doing what and he said designing and you know whatever and I said I would consider it and actually at the time I was doing construction um with with some friends cuz architecture was slow we were just kind of coming out of that you know last you know downturn in the economy and I had sort of taken a, a break from architecture too I was sort of um, feeling a little burnt out and so anyway I 
agreed to come and check out the facility at the old building and and we chatted and Dave gave me a tour and when I saw some of the stuff that you know the fabricators were working on I was just like yeah let's try it so we agreed to do sort of a 30-day trial basis to see if it was a good fit and I think maybe after a week or two, Dave and I were both like, yeah, this is great. So, and, and that's sort of what started it all. Okay, cool. So let's, let's talk about what a day in the life looks like for you. So you're the director of design and Dave and DK and the senior leadership there, they really draw on your insights and expertise. And so what does a day look like for you? Or I know they're not the same. So explain to us that. Um, well, like a a typical day for me, I get, you know, well, you know, Ken, I, I'm an early, early bird. So I get here, I get to trademark between, you know, lately it's really three, anywhere from three to four o'clock in the morning, sort of make the coffee. (laughs) And I, I love that time of day because, it's quiet. Some of the fab guys and the installers are here, but generally in the office, it's just me and maybe one other or two other people will trickle in. But for the most part, I have the first two or three hours of the morning to myself. Um, and I go through all the design submittals that I get from the project managers or, or salespeople and sort of look them over decide if it's a new job, you know, who, what, what designer is going to work on it. And I, you know, try to manage the flow basically that we get. And I get, I would say, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 design submittals every day. And so um, I have to try to manage the, you know, who's working on what, how much stuff they have in their queue, the timing, um, and that sort of thing. And, and then also, you know, I would say once I do that and people start getting in the building, you know, the rest of the designers and the sales, sales and, and PM, um, I would say the rest of my day is really helping people, um, you know, whether it's stuff on design or questions from project managers or talking to DK or Dave or, or Laura or whoever. So, um, you know, and, and that I think, um, I mean, is really fulfilling for me, especially with the designers because I love seeing them, get better so So let's can we can we talk about that can i want to stop right there so okay you have designers you have industrial designers you have technical designers you have obviously graphic designers but when you see Mm -hmm. the evolution of a young designer at trademark visual initially Mm -hmm. what are some of the things they struggle with and then what are some of the pieces of wisdom you impart upon them so they get better talk to me like that like imagine if i was a designer who needed to evolve a bit what do you see 
Well, I mean, I think the first the first thing, like when a new designer starts here, and you know, you could almost say it to anybody, is is sort of there's so many different you know materials and methods that we use to make things, and if you've never worked in the sign industry, there's, there's a lot of, um, knowledge to sort of understand and, uh, how it, how it works. So I think like, you know, for somebody new, that's the biggest hurdle is sort of understanding, you know, when you do a digital print versus just like cut vinyl or, I mean, there's so many different ways and, and the terminology, you know, there's a sort of a, you know, a language that goes with what we do. And, you know, um, I think that's their biggest hurdle. And I love like seeing them, you know, somebody new, like start to get it there, you know, and it takes a while here, you know, and, and I prefer to, to hire people that, that don't have any sign experience, you know, like I think you can train them from the beginning that best suits the company. And, and I think, you know, there's been people in the past from other sign companies that, that don't, you know, they're used to a certain way. And then when they get the trademark, they really, they really struggle to sort of adapt to how trademark functions. So, Got it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your design theories. I know you and I have talked about in the past, away from the multidimensional signage, branding, what you guys build, working in the built environment. But like, tell me what you like out of design, almost as a consumer, as a resident, as a citizen. Tell me about your take on homes. You've always been interesting. You talked to me about that Arcadia district. Tell me like your theories on it. What's good design to you? There is a lot of truth in, in, in simplicity of design because, you know, uh, I think it's funny because I always say like, oh, it's really simple. And the object looks simple, whether it's a house or it's a sign or whatever. But a lot of times it's really hard to get there, <laughs> you know, to, to see it completed when it's really simple because you can't hide, you can't hide mistakes when stuff is really simple and clean and, you know, modern or contemporary or whatever you want to call it or minimal there, you know, there's all these different kinds of terms and, you know, like design to me should be of its time and place. You know, I, I, I think you can adapt stuff that's happened in the past in history, but it needs to sort of, um, be adapted to its time and place now, you know, like things were built the way they were, you know, a long time ago, because that's, that's what they had available to them, you know, in terms of materials and things like that. And, and of course, you know, in construction now, you know, in speaking of architecture, like what the computer has, has done for architecture to, to envision structures that, you know, that we wouldn't have been able to to do and then also manufacturing techniques to make materials and and the use of steel and it's just it's really endless and um in a way it, like it's almost whatever you can think up 
they can make now, you yeah. know, so. Absolutely. So what's, just let me ask one follow-up design question. What's a design theme sure. or design strategy to you that is timeless, that never goes out of style? Like here in the fashion world, the Rat Pack look, the Sinatra, Dean Martin suit, no tie, black and white, like it's timeless. You know what I Check. mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how about Levi 501 button fly with a white t-shirt? You know what I'm saying? So, like, so, uh, yeah, Don, unless us going down a fashion line, we won't, but like, give me something like that version of it in the design world. What's timeless to you? I'm going to just say, you know, like, I, do you want me to pick a, a building or like yeah, something a, like that? You stop and you just, I mean, I'll just, I'll just say like Frank Lloyd Wright, Tally S and West, and I'm not saying it because I went to school there or whatever, but it's my favorite building by Frank Lloyd Wright. And if you, that building wasn't there right now and you built the exact same building with construction techniques of today, it would still be just as amazing. Like, you know, if the, for example, if the, if the, the roof, roof beams were not wood and they were made out of steel and you replicate, I mean, it would look, still look amazing. And, and, you know, like that building, you know, he, I think they started construction on that in 1937. And, you know, so it still looks so modern to, to me, whether other people, you know, have that same opinion, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I, I mean, I just think certainly in the United States, it's one of the best buildings that was ever designed and constructed i just love it so oh awesome all right well so you definitely you definitely shout out to tally s and west so no there's a whole nother discussion we can have about your time there but that's for a future episode see i left a little bait to get you back on this mj so perfect let's, perfect let's do, let's do this let's switch it to culture trademark visuals culture and a little bit about why people like coming into work there every day. Talk to me and talk to everybody about that. What does the culture mean to you? Well, I think it's interesting. Like, I, you know, like, I, you know, we talked about the building already, and you know, our new space and office and and all that, and and I think that sort of like sets the stage, you know, um, because. It, and I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, like the move from the old space and, and we had a nice, uh, you know, like the old building was, was, was great and it was nice. And we had some cool things and, and people that came there, you know, they liked it, but like this sort of like up the ante. And I think that for somebody new coming to work here, like just being able to work in this great environment that's been provided for all of us, you know, the office space and, and, you know, the way it's decorated and the sort of amenities, if you want to call them that, that it has. And then, then moving beyond that, at least in terms of, from a design standpoint, the culture, you know, it's great working for a company that, that values good design and just design in general, you know, David, um, he, from the very first 
time I met him, you know, he is so interested in design and it doesn't matter what discipline it is, you know, it's whether it's graphic design or art or architecture or fashion, you know, he, he's really, he does a good job of staying current and, and, um, He's so, he's so, you know, just, he's really passionate about it. And for me, and I think designers, like, you know, you, you want to be around people like that. And, and so I don't know if I'm answering the question. No, you but, did. You, you um, did. So I, how do people help each other there? Meaning, like, is how fluid of an environment is it between roles and responsibilities? And how does that help the culture? Uh, well, I think, you know, it's it, because of what we do and the way trademark works in terms of like how from the process from whenever we get, say, a new client to do something and it goes through all of its places along the way before it goes out the back door, fabricated and get installed you know, there's just so many people that that participate on every job we do, no matter how big it is. And so, you know, in order for it to function, you know, the communication obviously has to be there. And, and you know, and in terms, you know, from my standpoint, you know, I talk to every, every, person, you know, I think that works here in terms of, you know, whether it's a fabricator or it's a somebody in the print or it's the PM and it's the salesperson or or it's a meeting with the salesperson and the PM and then the uh, designer and you know, so there's a lot of um communication and you know, uh, and I think also too, you know, with with signs especially there's so many different sort of components that you know not only is there fabrication but there's design and then obviously there's the sale of it the pm and then the signs also get graphics on them you know so it's all these sort of pieces come together to make you know an object at the end and you know if people aren't communicating it's it's really not not going to happen very smoothly that's for sure so absolutely okay tell give me some advice what advice would you give yourself at 25 i know you're not 25 i don't think you're upset me telling people you're older than that but like what advice would you give yourself at 25 it's tough i would say i would i guess i would say to try to you know just learn as much as you can you know like i think when you're younger, you might not do as much research or, you know, like as I get older, like, I feel like I want to know more, (laughs) you know, and I don't know why that is. I just, you know, I want to know everything and whether I do or I have the time to do it. And there's just so much, Ken, like, as you know, in the world, (laughs) not just about work, but and there's just so much out there and, you know, there's not enough time in the day, you know, to, to, to learn and, and read and 
all these things. So I think maybe that's what I would tell myself is to, at that age, would be to maybe have focused more, <laughs> you know, well, and have more but, of all that. I'm I'm 46. Yeah, but you gotta. You, well, I was gonna say you gotta have fun though when you're 25. So <laughs> you know, not that you don't when you're older, but you know how it is. Like it's. Yeah. You know, no, I get you, man. So. I get. That's cool. All right, let me let me ask a personal question. What are you passionate about out of work? What what makes Michael Jason Michael Jason outside of the 3 a.m. to 4 p.m. Jesus, do you get to work early? Yeah. Um, well, I, I just like, well, first I just want to say, you know, design is and art and architecture is huge for me. You know, like it's, I, I don't shut it off when I leave here, you know what I mean? And so I read my book. I love books, first of all, and, and especially books on art and design and architecture. And I have, I, I feel like I can't ever get enough of them. And I, you know, so I love books and, and, and I read, do a lot of reading and, um, but I love, uh, guitars. I like playing. I started playing when I was a junior in high school and, and, um, I have a couple of, couple guitars at home and then, um, and I play whatever, you know, I'll play with, the radio on or try to play along i'll just you know be sitting in front of the tv and play it's also such a relaxing um thing to so michael you're pretty good i've been i've been told you're a pretty good good guitarist you're a very humble dude you're pretty damn good i've been told well uh, well uh, i mean I don't know if I'm that great, but I I love playing. But that's great, man. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's that's another thing. That's one of the things that I was just talking about before. You know, like getting back to what would I do at tell myself at 25? Well, you know, with the guitar, you never stop learning, and I think it's such a great like life lesson. You know. Um, you could take, I guarantee you, like if you interviewed, you know, I'm just going to, I mean, you can pick a guitar player or any instrument, instrument, uh, you know, like if you asked if John Coltrane were alive and you asked him, you know, he, he still learned probably every day that he played, you know, his saxophone as great as he was. He's one of the all time greats, but I bet he would tell you he practices and learns something new every day. And I think that's sort of kind of a life lesson to be learned from playing an instrument. You know, you can, you can always get better and you can, you know, you have a, a lifetime to, to improve. So, um, and then, and then outside of the instrument, you know, I, I like, um, old cars and I have a couple of, um, old trucks at home and, uh, one's a 68 Chevy short bed. And then I have another, I have a 71, um, GMC, uh, four wheel drive. And I just, I love the, the year of the GM trucks from 67 to 72, the, the body style, just everything about it. Um, they're just, 
so fun. They're fun to drive. They change the driving experience. You know, it's not like driving your regular daily driver and, um, they're easier to work on than the cars that you buy today. You know, you, (laughs) you can actually open the hood and like see the ground because it's just a motor wrapped with sheet metal. Really? There's not much to them. So, um, yeah. And I love that. Give me hope. If I'm a guy who knows nothing about cars, that's the, that's the design, the era I go for because it's, it's stripped down pretty much. Yeah, no. And I just think old cars in general, it's not, you know, it's not just those trucks. It's any of those old, old, you know, 50s, 60s, early 70s cars, you know, before they really started adding on sort of, you know, all the luxuries that came with power windows and and all these various things, you know, it just really, there's not much to them, you know, there's a motor and a drivetrain, you know, and (laughs) and a steering wheel, I mean, that's pretty much it, so, um, so for a novice like me, you know, I can actually do some things, so. Okay. Let's let me get one more trademark visual question in and then we'll let you off the hot seat Two, actually Two. Uh, okay. one is tell me a, very briefly tell me about like a project a different branding program or a multidimensional piece you guys built that you're super positive about you're proud of you know I I really like the iron wood project that we did um for common bond um development and I just, the signs were unique, they're contemporary, um, and and I think, you know, I hadn't really seen any, especially for a, a monument sign and ground signs that were delivering messages, you know, with, with having the tenants listed on them, I just thought it was such a, a, a great project, and, and, you know, just the jobs that we've done in general with with common bond have been just great because you know they're they're trying to do something different i think with their retail projects that they do and and they're trying to really deliver good design not just um sort of the the typical sort of strip retail center that you see certainly you know around phoenix anyway so got it cool and then one one final question. What's a question I should ask okay. the next person at Trademark Visual? Whether it's Michael or Jason, um, we've had them on, or Ruben. What's what's a go-to question we should hit everybody up with? Um, what do you consider good design? <laughs> How about go. that as one? Simple as that. You're always searching for it. All right. Well, Michael, Jason, you're off the hot seat. How was it? Was it that bad being on Trademark Visual? Was- no, it was, it, it was, it was great. So it's super easy. Very good, man. All right. Well, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. And to all of our listeners at Trademark Talks, definitely follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we appreciate the subscription. Have a great day. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Ken.